Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What are you doing? Dance off, bro. Me and you. Come on. Subtle, take it back. What are you doing? I'm distracting you, you big turd blossom. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it, homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person, and politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Welcome back to episode 20 for July 5th, 2021. Happy day after Independence Day, Joseph. And welcome back to the show. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, man. Fucking yeah. Got some Independence Day celebration. You throw back a couple of brewskis and shoot some fireworks off at the same time yesterday? Or uh, was yours more chill? Oh, it was way more chill than that. Um, Mine was too. Yeah, we. I don't... It, Only it, threw back one brewski yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, we. you know, it was a lot of eating and a lot of um, just like hanging out with people and catching up with people I haven't seen in a while. Um, and That's what's up. And... We Anyone went, I know, or just people from North uh, Carolina? Just people from North Carolina. I mean, you kind of know Drew, uh, just through the Discord. Mm. Um, but other than that, I don't think I don't think you'd know anybody that was there. Uh, I have no idea what Justin was up to yesterday. Um, I actually went over to his house on Saturday and and hung out over there, and um, they did a uh, Low Country boil. Oh, so was a good yeah it was really good it was, he, everybody was complaining because they were like oh it's a little spicy and i was like no nah, this is perfect people man they can't handle it was a bunch of white people wasn't it yeah yeah and half explain one half japanese people, man yeah <laughs> i don't remember oh, if, she, if she said well, japanese they like the wasabi so, yeah. so um it has to be there you know i'm pretty sure i love spicy food pretty sure she's half Japanese I do too now I have I have a thing about it I don't see the purpose in like blowout hot spicy food because mm-hmm. if there's no flavor to it and the entire point of it is just to be hot I'm like I get no pleasure in that it does nothing for me but if it's if it's really spicy but it's also flavorful I love how we talk about food I, uh, in the beginning of these shows I went and uh hung out with uh, well, we chilled most of the day yesterday, and then I went and hung out with uh, the youth pastor at our church and his wife. Yeah, because um, they're a little bit younger than me and Kayla, and uh, we just gossiped about everybody from church. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> this is uh, if anyone from church is listening, then they can point that out to me. That's why I like to throw in those things just to. <laughs> 
just to see no but we just hung out with them and uh eat grilled out and everything hung out and then you know some people shot off some fireworks and we left so yeah. it was pretty chill it was nice there were a, I, I think everyone was really excited uh for fourth this year because there were way more fireworks going off this year than i've seen in past years um apparently east la was like a war zone on the like it was new year's night or, or new year's night and the independence day night independence Day uh, night. apparently <laughs> eve night. the eve just going up bro it was like eve. you remember last year they had uh something similar going on yeah i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it was la uh they all they it was like all someone uh got like a a video of it and it's just like all these fireworks shooting up all over the city uh which is california does not like fireworks Oh, and everyone was doing it. Uh -huh. Hilarious. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, too. And obviously that's a discussion for another time because they've mismanaged their uh, control burning. I don't even think they do it in California anymore. And it's one of the reasons why they constantly have these wildfires. Um, the ding dongs. Yeah, it's, but, it's always hey, man, kind of interesting. What can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Well, hey, uh if you're if you've stuck with us so far through the 20th episode, thank you guys. And if you like what we're doing, uh, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Odyssey, and you can also uh, subscribe or follow to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So that would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That would be uh, Playapod, and anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts, we're there. Um, and please feel free to like. Uh, hit that notification bell and leave a comment. Interact with us. Um, if you disagree with us, if you agree with us, let us know. And uh, eventually, eventually, one day, we're going to be getting crypto donations. But in the meantime, if you like what we're doing here, we have this value for value model that uh, is your time, talent, and treasure. And so you can just give us whatever you feel like we are worth, whatever value you are getting from our podcasts and our clips and we have some future things coming up that we're going to be doing as well. Uh, so you can donate through PayPal, but the best thing that you can do is to share our podcasts with your friends and family, let them know. Uh, and then also feel free to email us. You can find all of this in our show notes. Um, email us, comment, talk to us, man. We're happy to talk to y'all. Absolutely. Uh, Pretty also, much it. also don't forget, uh, or if, if you can remember to do this, uh, make sure you're downloading the podcast. Uh, if you're listening to mm -hmm. this, it helps. It just helps with the numbers uh, because we don't get uh, listening numbers. We get download numbers, which I, is the most irritating thing to me uh, that you can't. It is. You can't get some sort of more accurate count of who's listening to the show. Um, so if you remember, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what platform you're on. If you'll just take the time to download the episode, even if you delete it and then just keep streaming the episode afterwards or however you want to handle that. Uh, again, it just kind of helps with the numbers so we can get a more accurate count of uh, who's listening, where they're listening from, that whole deal. It, it's just it's yep. just useful. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about uh, 4th of July just because uh, I think this is kind of it, it's such an interesting topic. Um, yeah. And I, I was very... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
aware of everything kind of going on around me when we went downtown uh, yesterday to watch fireworks. And it's kind of, I always, I always wonder, like I, I, obviously I, I didn't do this, but I almost wonder what a majority of people think of the 4th of July at this point. Like, what was the point mm-hmm. of it? Are they aware of, like, why it's celebrated? Uh, are they aware of what people went through in order for the 4th of July to happen? Um, and sort of the, really, the rebellion that it's, like, built on and a lot of the, uh, a lot of that stuff. And um, it's just, it's kind of interesting to me that, in essence, what was a, something that was built on rebellion and pushing back against like the state at the time is now celebrated with, uh, people wearing like streamers in their hair and like cookouts. And, and I'm not saying this was bad. Now this, this is not necessarily a criticism of these things. I just find it interesting. Um, it's, it's just sort of like, and, and I guess the other thing that was weird to me is that especially after everything that happened last year, and I've talked about this before, and maybe this is just me needing to get used to it again, but it's very much like this business as usual, right? It seems right. like, and I think to some degree there is comfort in that, especially with just like average people that are going about their lives, where it's like we went from these very totalitarian lockdowns, this whole uh, weird... Uh, thing going on where it's like everyone's locked in their house no one's going anywhere some some people are risking it on the fourth and like going to like smaller celebrations and doing things like that Um, but for the most part it's like none of that really happened last year other than a few stories here and there like we were talking about with LA Um, I just it's just so weird to me to think yeah to think about all that and then the other thing that that was weird about it is it's like I think a lot of the people that were there were, especially because of the area we uh, we were in, are Trump supporters, and mm-hmm. it's sort of like it's just odd to me that you would kind of it's like you're celebrating the Fourth, but then a lot of the mentality of people is we want to go from their leader back to our leader, you know what I mean? Where it's and and actually Adam Curry's the one that brought this up and I kind of agree with him that it's it, it really should be referred to more as Independence Day than the Fourth of July because everyone yeah. everyone has a Fourth of July in the sense that the Fourth of July happens all around the world but Independence Day isn't something that happens all around the world uh, it's something that's very mm. specific to places and you know ours just happens to fall on July the Fourth so I just kind of right. thought that was interesting um, just, it is interesting. Especially given what we came back, what we came out of, and how willing people were to keep people in office or vote new people in office to to try and keep those totalitarian reins on. Yeah, um, I think people really just want to go back to putting their heads in the sand and going to sleep and not having to care or worry about politics while things behind the scenes get destroyed. And uh, it is definitely interesting that no one or not no one, but these people 
Independence Day is just more like an afterthought, right? Mm-hmm. It's just more, hey, it's the Fourth of July, it's a holiday. Then it's really thinking about, you know, the people who sacrificed, you know, their lives for us to have our independence. You know, yeah. how we got here, how it was originally done, um, and the the meaning behind that, and and how we should all pay bare responsibility and in being involved in some capacity in politics and understanding not. All not everyone has to be an expert in it, understand every single topic, but having a basic understanding of uh, a proper ideology that's best for America, which you and I politically, right? A political ideology, what we both agree with is libertarianism. Sure. Less government oversight and (laughs) more freedom and responsibility to live Mm -hmm. your life how you choose to. Yeah, it's literally independence. Like that's kind of the the idea yep. of self ownership and that you don't need someone ruling over you in order to be able to live a moral life um which I is really I think when people really hear funny. it though it is funny I think when people hear it though they think um no restitution there's there's no law in place right there's no order in place it's just well you get to do whatever you want to and that's not and no that's that's not our point of view at all it's not even completely it's well, I was going to say, it's like, this is always my argument. It's like, it's not even the definition of anarchy. It's like what they're talking about is chaos, right? But then what's funny right. is, who was it? I think Dave Smith was talking about, um, oh, Tucker Carlson, because they that whole thing with the, the CIA, or not the CIA, with the, mm-hmm. the NSA, NSA. Was, was going on. And one of the points that he made is, it's like, Tucker's really good on the anti-war stuff. And the, mm-hmm. this whole like war machine deal and um, everything going on with the industrial conflict, the military industrial complex. But then he immediately goes into this idea where it's like, well, if we just had better leaders, this wouldn't be a problem. Like if we just had more moral people in office, this wouldn't be the problem. And he's kind of like, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't work like that because. No, isn't it interesting? I'm sorry. Let, no, go ahead. Let me interject here and say it's interesting because in the uh, in the Bible you see that in the Old Testament when yeah. God was <laughs> Israel's king and God's like, "You don't want a king." I'm telling you, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, "No, we want a king." And then like down here from there, they get a king and it's Saul and it's terrible. Yep. And then David becomes king and it gets better, but then there becomes another. You know, well, it, and it's, it's even even in David's time he murders an innocent man and steals his wife. Yeah. He literally sends a man to war knowing he will get him killed which yep. uh, there's some murders a man uh, there's something there and then takes takes his wife um and i think she's what she's pregnant she gets pregnant before he sends him correct if i'm right. remembering the timeline right and then you know god that's why him. he sends him right is because oh, she got pregnant her, of course and so you have you have that you have like his lies children. about it for nine months mm. at least yeah um, you have his children wanting to kill him. Uh, he, there's like tor- like turmoil between him and Saul, um, mm-hmm. and and so on and so forth. And it's this back and forth with kings, where it's like maybe they'll have you'll get one person right who comes in and they go, well, I'll do the correct thing, right? But that lasts thirty, forty years, whatever the case may be for a, a reign, and then it goes right back into someone who doesn't think that way. So there's there's absolutely no yep. consistent consistency in that, and it, it's funny because you see that kind of across the board with the Israelites and the kings are just mm-hmm. one of the things that that show that. Um, and it's funny because I, I I've always kind of looked at the overarching story of the Israelites 
as somewhat of an allegory for just people. Like mm-hmm. you look at you look at your own life and you look at the way that the Israelites make decisions and you can see how we as people constantly make similar decisions because the we're not decisions. yeah we're not willing to kind of put aside petty differences we're not willing to put aside the things that um uh kind of that selfish that selfish nature right where it's like david david was selfish and he uh, murdered a man and took his wife right and yeah there's mm-hmm. more and more uh examples of that but in a place where those certain things are held up in in a society in a society if you will where people are like let me live don't hurt me don't steal from me it's like otherwise we'll have problems and you can go and live your life i can live my life and our interactions depend on how we feel about interacting with each other right right and it's to some degree that's how people live their lives every single day except that we have uh, a government that to be fair we haven't had like a draft or anything in a really long time um but that forces people into doing a lot of things that ultimately isn't really for the good of anyone else and we'll you know we're, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about a little bit of, about that today with some of the comments the white house made about um like food prices and mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure there's some other stuff that'll and come all up that, in that stuff um uh, but it, the, the idea it really is just to some degree live and live and let live um and we've talked about this before, but I, and it, it's something that doesn't really go against uh, like biblical ideology because we can go and we can try to speak to people about the things that we believe in. And it is really kind of up to them whether they want to interact in that conversation or not. It's not as if you could force people into um, belief. Can't force anyone to believe. No. And I think people <laughs> don't understand how in every aspect of our literally every aspect of our lives, the government is involved. I can't think of one aspect of my life the government isn't involved in. Yeah, I can't oh, think of one thing. The a good, Go ex- a good example of this. This this is this actually was a conversation I had this week with one of the women that I work with. So, she and I uh, both last year were working on getting our concealed carry around the same time, mm-hmm. and um, I think she was always a few steps behind me, but we literally went in on the same day to go, our appointments were for the same day to go get our, uh, uh, to turn in all our paperwork and everything that we had because, uh, right. especially where the bureaucracy that's in the area that I live in, in Asheville is, uh, it, it's pretty insane. Like, uh, we've talked about it in the past. It's like 120 waiting like days. You have to wait to actually get your permit once you apply for it. Um, on top of yeah. all of this other stuff that goes on and, um, so I got mine, and then I got mine about a week or two ago. I can't quite remember at this point. And uh, I was talking to her a couple days ago, and she was like, so I found out why I haven't gotten mine yet. And I was like, oh, okay, this this should be interesting. And she goes, uh, her and her husband were all on the way back from the beach um, back in May. And right. he got tired, and so they switched and so while she was driving back, she got pulled over because they had an expired license plate tag. And because of that, until they get that fixed, they will not issue her her uh, concealed carry. For that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not any type of violent crime. No violent, like it's not, not a violent that. crime. She hasn't done anything to hurt or harm anyone else. Um, 
it's all paid up. Everything's been taken care of. But because the I guess it hasn't been processed or whatever yet, she has to wait until that happens in order to do that. It's like, are you oh, kidding me? It's like you can man. stop someone from their legal right to carry based on some bureaucracy. Yeah. And this Dude, like that's insane, man. It's a prime example of what I talk about with decentralization. Where it's like this is the kind of stuff that happens all the time that stops people from things that they are, in my opinion, owed, right? Like we really shouldn't even be having the the, the conversation of something like that, right? I don't um, even think that if someone commits a, a felony, if it's a nonviolent felony, that they shouldn't be allowed to have a firearm. Agreed. I, that's. I mean, it's just. More I think of, in a case by case basis, even those who committed a violent offense, like if there's a genuine. Like there's no mental health illness or anything right. like that. It was kind of like a a one time incident and yeah, very 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 case by case basis. Like mm-hmm. there's possibly a route there. There's right, that's the direction. To restore their right to carry, but uh, definitely at least those who are nonviolent. That's the direction you kind of have to go. And I, I keep talking to people about this. Like I, I've had so many conversations that come up because everybody everybody kind of has a different opinion about it. Um, and of course mine is the well i don't believe in any of this like i don't think this this should exist at all and they're like what it'd just be chaos everywhere and it's like but if you own a gun and all of your friends own guns and you trust your friends who's going to try something right right it's literally like the idea yeah, that yeah. you go back to that well that what is it well main or well regulated militia right if you like and this is because this is kind of where you have to find that that common ground with people and, and work with people mm-hmm. and i know that not everybody that kind of falls into the libertarian camp necessarily agrees because a lot of them just want to be left alone completely uh but for you mm-hmm. and i like we understand the importance of community and having tight community um and so if if I have a group of people around me, and I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday while we were uh, before the fireworks, and um, right. I was telling him, I was like, one of the biggest problems is that society does not uh, put any merit into uh, self-defense anymore. Yep. you it, People don't, they're Bottom. terrified They're terrified of firearms, right? When in, And I can't remember right. if, he, if we were talking about this or if I had had this conversation with Justin. Um, I think it was with Justin. But he was saying that's like, you know, if I have uh, a gun and I put it on a table and no one touches that gun all day, that gun is not going to pick itself up and start shooting, right? That's not how it works. Right. It's about personal responsibility. And if you trust the people around you and if your friends are interested in doing this or they want uh, to learn about self-defense – there is a sense of the community that goes or like a responsibility within a community to go, okay, we'll teach you. Right. It's like families used to do that. Right. Friends can do that. Um, I have this conversation with women all the time and it's like firearms are probably your best defense. Right. Cause they always want to go, well, I'll just kick them in the nuts. And I think you and I've talked about this in past episodes, um, like months mm-hmm. ago at this point, but it, it's always, this is always the way it goes. Right. Cause they'll, they'll be like, Oh, right. well, no, uh, there is, and, and it's funny because there is a sense of vulnerability within those community, like within uh, a lot of women, where they know they're aware that most men are bigger than bigger than them. Most men can overpower them, but then they'll say something like, "Well, I'll just kick him in the nuts and like stick my thumbs in his eyes," and I'm like, "Okay, it's like those are perfect scenarios where everything goes in your favor, right?" Um, and then. Uh, it's like, well, I have like pepper spray. It's like, well, that pepper spray could work. 
you you might you might have a little bit more to go with but then when you get into the realm of like well you should probably carry a firearm it's like because you weigh 100 pounds and you're probably not going to be able to beat up someone who's trying to physically hurt you yeah uh but then exactly. you get that and they get this look on in their face where it's like uh and it's like it's because they're terrified they don't you know it's a lot of responsibility and it that's is. that's kind of what it comes back to is that there is just a level of responsibility that a majority of people nowadays do not want you can't be careless with it you can't just you know let it float willy-nilly in your pocketbook or whatnot you Mm -hmm. know you know considering like most women have a ton of things in there or like if you're a man you know letting it not be on safety and having it in your pocket or whatnot you know you have to be responsible at all times with it understand the laws know what you're getting into and stuff and so um, I, I think it's necessary. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, when, you know, I think it's necessary to, it'd be interesting. Like I'm wondering why from, I don't whether if it's the NRA, not just them, but like from anyone else, these you know, proponents of um, gun rights right. don't sink their money into promoting real life stories of all the incidents that happen daily of mm-hmm. gun defense. Yeah. Like of someone saving a life or saving their own life or whatnot uh, because of a gun, you know, mm-hmm. and which far outnumber the violence that occurs with weapons. You know, I wouldn't be. You su- know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because you know I, I don't know how much you know about the stuff that was happening with the Libertarian Party and um, there's there's been like a lot of drama over the last few weeks because yeah. New Hampshire was like they were legitimately trying to uh, like cause a small coup within the New Hampshire party uh, or like the New Hampshire branch of the Libertarian party, Um, like doing some illegal things like stealing people's information and trying to just, you know, it it was a, it was kind of a mess, Uh, but thankfully it kind of, it worked out for the best. All those people ended up resigning and a lot of that happened. But um, I wonder if some of that's happening within the NRA as well. And some of these other places where Mm. they are very complacent a lot of the people who are on these in these positions within the NRA are making decent money, uh, and they're kind of just keeping their heads down and only doing enough in order to make people think that they still need them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they do have they have they're pretty powerful within uh, Washington. The they have quite a bit of money and quite a bit of strength behind them. But you know, think about the whole like bump stock thing that happened. And Trump was on board. Trump. I don't. I don't think the NRA said anything about it. It's like they were willing to give that up to kind of keep themselves in a uh, a decent position. So, well, not just weird. that, but Trump saying send people through the courts first and then give them the gun back, yeah, their guns dude. back. Trump um, uh, being for red flags, red flag laws. Mm-hmm. What wasn't he? Yeah, for red flag laws. I, I believe he so. was, and. It's it's because again, like he was never really a like he was never a Republican, no. but definitely wasn't really a conservative. And um, you know, even nowadays, I'm always so confused by people that I'm like, okay, so you seem to kind of hold conservative values, but then like on certain things, they're like, no, 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 I'm fine with the government like being in control of like all of this, and there being all these laws in the book. And you go, but the laws don't do anything. It's like you've you've already told mm. me that the laws don't do anything, and you just want more laws on the book. It's like it's not right. It's not helping. <laughs> it's not doing anything for anyone. Um, yep. 
anyway, uh, I know we kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole with that, but I have kind of this interesting uh, clip that I found that I that I wanted to play. Um, Do so, it. Uh, it's it, it, I. Some of this episode is going to be a little more lighthearted, I think, than what we've done in the past. And you and I have both talked about uh, making that the case a little bit more often, just because the yep. world has a tendency to suck and. Um, when- we need some laughter. We need some good news, some good, you know, yeah, just a fun time. I think people need a fun time, especially with all the crap that's going on as you just put it in the world. All right. So we're going to, we're going to start with this. This is just a little bit of history that I was not aware of and uh, found out about today. Nice, nice, nice. Across the river from Dusseldorf, the view from the air reveals hundreds of American vehicles. Intercepted Allied radio transmissions confirm the presence of two American divisions. German observation posts hear them moving in across the river. Only nothing of what the Germans heard or saw was real. It was an elaborate ruse, one of many that a small group of American soldiers staged to distract the enemy. They were called the Ghost Army. Filmmaker Rick Beyer says the operation on the Rhine was a great success. The thousand men in this unit were basically pretending to be uh, two divisions of 30,000 men and trying to convince the Germans that they were attacking across the Rhine in one place where the real attack was going to take place 10 miles away. In the documentary, some of those veterans relate how using sounds and special effects staged their deceptions. It was a little bundle of stuff, all compressed before. You opened the bundle, spread the nozzles around, and inflated it. The artillery piece was good, but that M4 tank, that was the beauty. That was a piece of work. Like I tell my children, was the biggest boombox you ever saw, but it played sounds of tanks and activity. Bayer says getting the radio transmissions right was crucial. It's always the scene setter. It's always the first information that you're going to get to the enemy because they're going to hear the radio broadcasts long before the troops arrive or whatever uh, else you want them to believe is going on. So you have to get radio right. You, you can't skip the other parts, usually, because if you hear a radio that says an armored division is moving in and then you never see any tanks or you never hear them at night moving in, you're going to not believe the radio. Wherever they were stationed, the Ghost Army impersonated real units. They masqueraded as generals and set up phony command posts to deceive enemy spies. We were turned loose in town. Go to the pub, order some omelets, and talk loose. The people who came out of this unit is in itself a fascinating story. They were artists and designers who got their start in the Ghost Army. On their downtime, they painted to escape the horrors of war, like at D-Day, the Allied invasion of Normandy. So I just thought this was really cool. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio uh, version of this, essentially what the, the, the Ghost Army did during World War II was uh, they made inflatable tanks and artillery and uh, had all this like audio and radio chatter to convince the Nazis that uh, they were actually stationed in this place and that there were like two battalions. I think they said like of 30,000 each or something like that. Uh, and it turns out the whole thing was just a ruse and they were just big inflatable tanks that <laughs> the people like you can see them like walking inside the tank to make it look like it's moving. Uh, 
It's not something that that's uh, freaking old. Yeah, you don't hear about that in school. Like I ne- never, never knew about that. Yeah. So I did know about that, and I love hearing about it every time. Uh, but of course, you know, I was a freaking history major, uh, right? Of course, in college. So, uh, but I think I actually, I don't think I ever actually heard about it in any classes. I think it was watching a documentary uh, mm-hmm. on World War II that I heard about it, and it's just hilarious that they use inflatables to fool the Nazis to think that they were going to. Uh, they they did that, preceding their attack on Normandy. That what that's what allowed them to attack Normandy was because mm-hmm. of this one. And so mm-hmm. I forgot what the beach was though that they set up to look like they were going to attack. And it was actually I think it came down to Hitler's call, and I think some of his other I think one of his top rank like the most exper- let me rephrase it like this the most experienced uh, general. Oh man, he he led the campaign in Africa. What was his freaking name? I should know it, and I do know it. I, I got his <laughs> face in my mind, but he's the one that told Hitler, like, no, they're going to attack Normandy. Yeah, they're not going to attack there. And Hitler was like, no, because of all this, right? They're going to attack here. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they went with that. I think if I have that correctly, I could be wrong, but I believe that's what happened. It's pretty crazy. So it's I just hilarious. I I found that today, literally while I was getting ready for the show, and uh, I was like, oh, we have to talk about this because. Uh, it's just one of those weird facts that I don't think a majority of people know that that this was a thing. Uh, everybody knows about right. the Normandy. Everybody knows about um, you know, like the uh, nukes and stuff like that, but or the hydrogen bomb. But you don't hear about this like group of a thousand soldiers who uh, fooled the the Nazis into thinking <laughs> they were two battalions. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that is that's pretty okay. awesome. Okay. So we need to talk about two movies that I watched actually on Friday. I just kind of like binged through both of them. Um, and I think uh, some of this conversation, I, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil either of the movies if people are still interested in seeing them. The one of them I definitely wouldn't suggest anybody watching because to be honest, it was just hot trash. Like it's such good such garbage <laughs> i was so disappointed man um so the first movie uh is the tomorrow war uh starring chris pratt and to be honest i wasn't planning on watching this until a lot of chatter started coming out about <clears throat> uh it getting review bombed by uh critics because i don't like chris pratt and um that's how it goes it's it's kind of just true you know uh i I think the movie's pretty good. It's not, and this is the thing is like, I have heard this from a few people. They're like, Oh, well I, I, it looks kind of dumb, which is always a weird, um, thing to hear from people because I don't generally understand what they mean when they say that, because in, it's literally a movie about a guy who he's like a teacher and people from the future come back to tell them about an alien invasion happening in 30 years. And so they conscript every uh, person over a specific age because of this, like the, the, the time travel thing um, to right. go fight in fight in this war. <laughs> and so you're talking about like alien invasion, time travel um, and like buff jk simmons like it's gonna be a goofy popcorn flick for the most part though it takes itself pretty seriously a lot of people i i heard 
or I've talked to had said they weren't sure if it was going to just be a comedy action movie, um, maybe more like Marvel is or whatever. Right. Um, and you do have the guy, like one of the characters who's comic relief that I say, I, I think for about the first two thirds of the movie, he hits his mark. Uh, and then he, he like disappears for a while and he comes back for the last uh, third of the movie. And the, he's got a couple more jokes in there. Uh, he's got one, one moment that works really well. Uh, and then some of his other jokes sort of just fall flat and you're like, Oh, that did not. <laughs> I was like, yikes. <laughs> they should have just cut that. <laughs> um, but overall, I was actually, I mean, I had super low expectations for this. I was not expecting, I, I don't know, I was expecting maybe like uh, somewhere right above Nick Cage quality for this. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was pleas- And what did you get? I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I, I think the animation for the aliens was pretty good. Um, all of the action scenes are really well done, and it feels... One of the best things about it is, for the most part, it feels somewhat accurate to if you took a bunch of random civilians and put them in this, like, war zone situation, what would probably happen? Which is, like, everybody dies. <laughs> it's and, and it's, like, because there's... Uh, I don't want to get into to spoilers, but it's pretty clear some of the characters are just there for that to happen, but they also, and this is something I love in movies and it, that I appreciate about appreciated about this is that everybody kind of gets their moment. Right. And mm-hmm. de- the deaths aren't, they don't feel as nihilistic and abrupt as they have with a lot of the way that Hollywood uh, has moved with these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about it all the time. It's one of the reasons I started hating the walking dead television show so much is because their whole sort of uh, circular thing with characters was like characters introduced. They kind of go through whatever their their plot is. They gain a conscience, they immediately die. And this would happen over and over and over again. And it's because they were trying to do this whole thing where it's like, oh, look how terrible humanity is. But then every time someone would try to do something that would like raise humanity back up to something admirable that person would just immediately get killed for whatever the reason was and i just it was nice to see something that poked at uh the government there's quite a few moments in it like they do not treat um conscription or uh, a draft in a noble way which is very right. good. I think there there's like a moment in it where his wife, uh, Chris Pratt's wife in the movie is sitting with a bunch of people who survived and came back because they you're basically conscripted for a week. And if you survive the week, you're automatically teleported back to your original time. That's sort of the like gimmick of it or whatever, or one of the gimmicks. Mm. And uh, you're like, okay, cool. Um, but there's these moments in it where I'm like, Ooh, that's like, surprisingly uh like on point with the way that they handle like these government forces sort of these nameless people that you don't know from another time are coming in and forcing you into this war that has nothing to do like it does ultimately but like has nothing to do with uh these people and the only thing i think Mm -hmm. that would have made that plot point better is if they had asked for volunteers originally but they just weren't getting enough and so 
people were stepping in and you sort of had those like shadowy figures being like, we're now forcing people into uh, joining the military and, and dying. Um, there's a couple really good scenes like when he, when uh, Pratt, so it's, it goes back and forth because the scene where he gets teleported to the future is hysterical. And it, I don't think it was meant to be because it's like, they're all like getting lifted up through this thing and everyone's going, ah, ah, and <laughs> I just I just started cracking up a little bit. Um, but it immediately goes into this like something happens and there's like a mistake and it causes massive issues and like it it's like, oh man. Um and the acting's fine. Um oh, something else that this movie is n- clearly not getting praised for. The amount of diversity in this movie is um, honestly it's more than I think I've seen in anything else that like Hollywood has put out in recent years and really yes but it's not front and center which is such a good yeah it's like such a breath of fresh air because you and I have talked in the past where it's like you know they'll they'll insert a tokenized character and then go uh she likes Ta-Nehisi Coates and third wave feminism and you go really like that's you know it oh man um have you gotten a chance to watch it yet? I haven't yet. Okay. We were going to watch it uh, yesterday, but something came up. and uh, um, But we plan on watching it this week because I've talked to her about it. And we both, when we saw you post about it, we both actually wanted to watch it. Yeah. So um, if you say something good, I know that it's probably going to be good. Yeah. And if I say something is good, I feel like you trust me enough to be like, it will probably be good. Y- yeah. You've had some questionable things in the past I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like what name right. one uh the thomas jane punisher <laughs> hey man i saw that when i was a kid though that's why i liked it oh my gosh that movie's so goofy <laughs> oh man um, i liked it back in the day hey we it, all have those of course of course uh yeah did you say you like twilight no oh the <laughs> If anybody wants oh. to not sleep, look up Twilight Animatronic Baby. Um, or I think you can put in like twi- Twilight Robot Baby. And okay. uh, you're you're welcome. You won't you won't sleep. It's hideous. Twilight Robot. Oh, he's baby. looking it up. <laughs> you tempted me. <laughs> Is it just a picture? Uh, no, there should be a video somewhere. Oh, okay. So while he's looking this up, uh, they attempted to make a real life moving baby that was described, I guess, in the way that the baby in the Twilight books looked. And it came out as this like hideous thing. Oh, it's super weird. (laughs) Oh, I'm watching that right now. (laughs) This Um, is going to be great. Yeah, it's a breaking dawn. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, it's. Oh man, it. Uh, it that it, is so freaking creepy. Yep. And they they didn't end up using. I don't it know how they they. You know what? Those actors and actresses are good to keep a straight face during that. I know. I I remember the first time seeing it. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um oh, anyway uh yeah so i mean it's it's good i i think that they do a pretty good job with all of the characters 
it does feel a little long. Uh, it's only about two hours, but it's very, um, I, I think they could have paced it slightly better. They're, they probably could have mm. done some stuff in editing uh, to just make it just a little snappier in certain situations. Um, right. And then I, I have to give a shout out to uh, J.K. Simmons' character in this movie because he's basically an anarcho-libertarian, like an anarcho-capitalist libertarian. Like he shows up on, like he, he like Chris Pratt goes to see him. He's living on this like abandoned base and he's got like machine guns and airplanes and he's like, He's basically like, I don't, I don't trust the the federal government. And he's like, he goes up there because they give him these like wrist things, uh, right. that, that track them and do all this stuff or whatever. And it's going to cause them to get teleported into this, this whole deal or whatever. And, um, he's, they, they show how he's actually been able to get the devices off of people so that they can kind of avoid getting sent into this draft. And I was like, I really like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> And like J.K. Simmons got super buff for the role. I mean, the guy's like in his sixties, I think, um, and he's like jacked. Like he he's he's more jacked than Chris Pratt is in this movie. Um, they gave him like this big gray beard, and he's got like av- his aviators and the whole deal. And it, he plays his father. I don't know if I mentioned that, but it um, it it just does a really good job of showing without getting too like weird about it, like some traditional values and like what happens mm-hmm. with absentee fathers and redemption and just stuff that like, it just tugs at my heartstrings just a little bit to see uh, in a movie, especially nowadays where everything is so preachy and you get, I don't know. It's like, everything is like, you know, you're terrible and the world is terrible and everything sucks and everything's random. And you know what I mean? It's like, that's sort of the direction that a lot of like writing has gone. It's either that or like, you know, strong woman is strong. Those are kind of the movies that are coming out right now. And it, man, it's exhausting. Um, you know, what's funny is how I understand where women are coming from, where, how back in the day, uh, it's like you had, males reviewed or males were in movies and in Hollywood mm-hmm. were up here. Right. And then the women were down here, you know, men were smart. Women were dumb, mm-hmm. whatnot. And now it's, I wonder instead of like, what seems now is or what you see now is women are smart. Men are dumb. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why couldn't we have just gone to where it's like, well, no, both are. Yeah. And smart. we did, we did for a while. Um, I, I like, I just thought of like, like you think about the matrix, Neo and oh, Trin- that's right. Neo and Trinity are, I mean, obviously he's like the one or whatever. But as far as the way that the movie portrays each of them, they're both very strong characters. Um, they both have like leadership qualities, and it's actually something you see in this. Um, I always forget her name. She's the uh, she was on Chuck, uh, Yvonne Stratavinsky, I think. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, she plays his daughter. That's small spoiler, but it's super obvious that's the direction that it's heading in. So it's not really a big deal. Um, it's like they they have that conversation the first time they meet, and she's like a graduate from MIT. She's the lead leader in this like rebellion against these, and you know this last stand against these uh, aliens. But it's never it never comes off in a way where you think, oh, they put her in this role to try to like check a box, right? Right, because she's a scientist, and they, she even talks about how she's like there are so few people left that everyone has to wear multiple hats. 
So she's a scientist mm-hmm. and she's trying to find a way to stop this, uh, a- stop the aliens. Um, but she can also fight. She knows how to shoot a gun. Um, you know, and a lot of it is due to her father. Um, and, and again, it's like father, like fathers are sort of like a central theme to this movie. And I think that maybe rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, probably, but I, I think they do a good job of showing how absentee, like absentee fathers can cause problems and the presence of a father can, uh, can change that. Yep. You know what I mean? It can, it can change the course or whatever. And so you get like a, a lot of like redemption stuff that goes on within that. And, you know, obviously there's some other, other themes and, and things that I enjoyed about the movie. And, you know, it's like one of the best characters in the movie is like this black guy who's been on like four, uh, he goes on four, uh, tours or whatever, you know? And so he's been back to the, he's been to the future a couple times or whatever. And, um, such a cool character. And he's another one of those guys, like he's got this whole like, uh, thing where he's like, you know, he's like, I want to die on my terms because he has cancer. So, like, that's kind of his like, like plot uh, thing or whatever. Right. Um, and so you get a lot of diversity in characters and the way that they think and the the way that everything kind of goes out without anybody undermining anybody else, which is so rare yeah. to see nowadays. And that's why I told you I was like, I couldn't believe the way that some of the stuff was handled because usually it's like, oh, well, you know, Chris Pratt is the hero, but he's an idiot. And he stumbles around and, you know, then his daughter is the one who's who's coming in to, like, save the day all the time. and da, da, da. But it's not like that. It's there. They see each other as equals, but he is also hit her father. And so he's going to do what he has to do in order to keep her safe. Um, right. So it's it's really cool. I, you know, I, I recommend it, I, I especially if people are just looking for, uh, you know, some good old fashioned uh Hollywood escapism. I, I think this this kind of fits that. Like pop some popcorn. I wish we almost you, you speaking of escapism, I wish we would have included uh well we'll do it next week about Tolkien and the woke society uh yeah, like, conference talk about they had yesterday, the day before. Cause it's like exactly this is Hollywood will do better or just movies and TV shows will do better if they go back to remembering that it's about escapism. Mm-hmm. It's about letting the audience escape into into their world um, out of the current world we're in and what we're surrounded by politically and yep. like in, in the country and your everyday life and just all of that, like a, a two-hour block, so to say, of just escaping from reality mm-hmm. and going into fantasy. Right, and themes of heroism and, um, you know, dealing with you know, uh, absentee fathers or whatever the case, like this stuff is going to make it into the writing, which is completely fine. And people are more than welcome to have different opinions about the way they want to handle that. The problem is, is that everything is so like, uh, step in toe with, uh, current like woke culture and having to fill yep. these quotas of what well, we have to have um, an indigenous so and so and and the, a woman has to um, like the woman can never be up uh, one upped by the man and, and like all these things that are constantly happening in modern day um, cinema that it's like you have something like the to- uh, the Tomorrow War come along that just kind of rejects all of that for the most part and it's just like look we're making a an action movie, you know, this is about people being heroic. And, uh, if you don't like it, you know, 
you know, you can suck don't it. Don't watch it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and it's so funny because Hollywood, they'll make these shows, they'll make these TV shows or these movies and they'll bomb and they'll be like, oh, it's because of white men or oh, it's because of, you know, men in general. Right. And it's like, no, it's because you suck. Right. While, at writing a story. Right. Well, it's also, like the, all the acting is. It, Take Game of Thrones, for example, the last season. The acting's great. All the actors and actresses are great. Cinematically, it looks good and everything. But storyline, logic-wise, for what was created, terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, they just got... I it, mean, it's yeah. just like, why not... If you want to if you want to race-swap people or gender-swap people or orientation-swap people or whatever, why don't you just go find something within our culture here in America that hasn't been touched on, bring it to life or go into these all the other cultures, mythos, like in Africa right. in Asia and stuff like that. And bring in, in Latin America and bring those to life. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. make something like that. That's why black Panther was so good was mm-hmm. again, understand that's here in America that it's Marvel, but it was, it's its own thing. It's not, you know, I, it would be weird for, marvel to come out and say we're going to have henry cavill be the new black panther right <laughs> it's very yeah well, it, there's not there's not a lot there's not enough white male represent representation in hollywood right now and so right. we're gonna have henry be the black panther it would right. make no sense or if they were going to be like we're gonna have kate Bake- beckinsale be the black panther right. because there's not enough white female it, it, it just i would be like okay you need to go in the the european and greek mythology and bring that to life and you know what i mean yeah and, and again it's not i'm not sitting here saying that you know you there can never be a i think it'd be on a case-by-case basis where you can't do some of those things mm-hmm. i'm not completely against that idea right i'm just saying with a lot of this stuff when i want lord of the rings brought to life for example tolkien's work i'm not looking for peter jackson's view on uh whatever i just want to see what tolkien made come to life i understand he's going to have his own artistic direction within that but yeah it's it goes into the thing is like well i because i think one of the things that was talked about at that that tolkien whatever it was uh was like are um sam and frodo gay yes and it's like because Sam uh, like encouraged him on his walk to Mordor where it had gotten really hard and stuff like that and like <laughs> and it was very clearly a friendship thing and it's yeah. like stop putting your ideology within something that is not there. Yeah, they're trying to put their worldview into something that was not written that way. Was clearly not written that way. Um and then just because that's the that's kind of the popular stuff at the time or whatever. And this is why, and then they get mad when people aren't, um, they don't want to watch this stuff. Right. And it's like, well, it's not true to this. Again, it goes back to the source material. You're not being true to the lore. You're not being true to the source material. You're not having respect for it. And you see this, uh, and it, and it sucks because you see this all over the place. Uh, even with, uh, like I love, I think Taika Waititi is actually a really good director. He does great comedy you know he did thor uh ragnarok Mm -hmm. this is the only Mm -hmm. i think it's the only marvel movie he's done so far um and all of his stuff outside of marvel i really like um he makes really good like really good stories but he he made some tweet a while back just kind of disrespecting the the lore of the marvel universe and he's like he's like yeah i don't care or whatever and it's just like man come on like why are you and this is the thing that's so weird is like all of these people in hollywood 
are so antagonistic towards fans. Like yeah. they don't want to take that they don't want to take the high ground. Like you look at Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi, he was so antagonistic towards everyone who criticized him. And it's like, all right, man, it's like, but the movie sucks. Like, yep, you ruined. You got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and make proper adjustments. I'm not sitting here yeah. saying everything the fans are saying is right, but if if you have a consensus that's going on, okay, maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe look yourself in the mirror and change what you're doing. I don't understand taking on a project. I get money. I understand that, sure. but why take on a project that you don't care about? That you don't like? I don't give a crap about the lore because, again, why is lore important? Because it gives all the fans a basis of rallying behind and having something in common with to an understanding. I mean, we, we didn't like mean you didn't like the Hobbit. Why is that? Well, because they stuck to the lore about 70%. So 30% wasn't lore. Okay. No big deal. Okay. That's possibly, maybe you can work with that. I, I think, you know, you probably don't want to do that. Maybe just have 10%. That's not lore. Um, or, or, or none and just go in your own artistic direction with it. But the thing is, is that they didn't operate within a reality in their show that made sense. I mean, you could have a freaking two-ton goblin fall on top of everyone and they live. Right. You know, like nothing, you, you, they they didn't take it serious. And so I think that's yeah. the problem is you're not taking the lore serious. They're not taking what you're even creating serious. And you're just like, no, 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 no. Don't think about it. Just, just watch. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It won't work. You'll keep failing. Yep. And, and so much of it is like, oh, and this I hear this all the time, um, and it, and it drives me nuts. But people go, well, it looked good, and I go, go God. stare at some pretty pictures if that's what you want. You know what I mean? Like, it's so irritating. Everything should look good this day and age. Yeah, that's not <laughs> if you're if you're getting like a, a like a a, a like hundred million dollar budget for something that you're making, even like fifty million, right? You should be able to hire a cinematographer that knows what they're doing and have people on board, right? It's the writing and and a lot of the direction and a lot of the just garbage that they throw into movies nowadays. And it's like I don't it's like I don't want to get yeah. preached at by a by pretty looking images. And that's what happens yeah, so often. Exactly. And a great case to make our point is look at the Joker. Like its budget was so low and it made over a billion dollars worldwide. Yep. And because it what it didn't just stick to this one political ideology, it was a movie that allowed you to escape, but then also had some real world applications about what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's actually so. there's a lot of um like the haves and the have nots. And it's so funny that this stuff gets overlooked and somehow this that movie was supposed to be like a a MAGA like MAGA country, like what? It's like it's clearly based in New it's York, not. and a lot of the issues that yeah. like it's it's yeah, it, and like mental illness, and you know, trying to put sort of like a spin on the character of Joker while seemingly being uh, faithful to. And I, I'm sure there are people who are super into comics that would probably maybe they disagree, but it seems to be faithful while also doing something different with the material. Which is definitely yep. possible, um, and it's it was a standalone, and I think they're going to make a sequel now just because uh, it did so yep. well. It's like, hey, you get a billion, you make a billion dollars off a movie that I think cost me like thirty or forty million uh, 
to make. It's like you're obviously going to try to <laughs> invest in another one. Um, yeah. But you're you're absolutely right. And you know, I have my issues with that movie. I think there's some they the the whole thing with him like having a fake girlfriend i didn't think worked very well uh and the reason i i didn't like it is because he did he made the mistake of thinking the audience was too dumb to understand that they were never in a relationship the whole time so they yeah. had to do flashbacks to all these scenes and it's like that other than that i think the movie's very well made um that part just oh man it got under my skin because i i hate when there's a decision made where they're like the audience is too dumb to understand this without a a sign that says they were never together you know what i mean yeah Uh, i just i I can't stand stuff like that but yeah you're right um and it's funny because the other movie that i watched this weekend um fear street 1994 uh i won't spend too much time on this because there's not too much to talk about um first of all Kind of a cool concept because it's three horror movies that are coming out week three weeks in a row. So the first one came out on the second on the second. The next one I think comes out on the sixth. Is that no on the ninth? And then the last one will be out on the sixteenth. And they take place in the same town, and a lot of the cast stays the same. But it tells the story of this, this the curse of this town and like these murders that are constantly happening. Cool concept. I thought mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I can't believe they did this. It's based off some old R.L. Stein uh, books, the guy that did Goosebumps. Um, yep. And it's not good, like, at all. Like, it's some donkey doo-doo, dude. Like, it... Why am I not surprised? It, oh, dude. Okay, I can't say it. Man, I wish I could. So I'll say it generally like this. Okay, so I know this person that... I had met um, within the past year, and I gotta say it very general. Uh, and uh, this person is someone who's very introverted and stuff like that, very quiet and stuff like that. They're a Christian and everything, yeah. and it's like they're the type of person that's very uh, um, don't wear anything in the slight bit revealing. Mm. You know, don't drink alcohol, all this stuff. Love demonic movies. <laughs> really? I just they love demonic movies, and I'm like, what? Um, it's like those kind of things catch you by surprise, man. Because I'm not, I'm not really into uh, horror movies that much, right? Uh, I like, the, I like the older school horror movies, sure, like sure, sure. Jason and Halloween. That's more about the suspense and everything than seeing the person's liver and kidneys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I feel you. Um, but, I, go ahead. I, yeah, I think there's right. there's definitely that. I mean, it's probably a conversation for another time. But there, there are stylistic stylistic choices that I also do not like within the horror genre. Um, I'm pretty particular yeah. about it. Um, I do pr- prefer uh, gripping suspense to just everyone getting murdered. Um, mm. But I can also appreciate the creativity that goes into certain deaths in horror movies um it right. just it just depends right uh like get out no not get God, i do this all the time um your next is like probably my favorite horror movie ever um really yeah like pretty much the top of the top um it's uh it's very violent um but it's done in such like a good like it's done so well um i've i mean i've probably seen that movie like 
10 times. Um, I might have to give that a watch. I'm really into the people are trapped and, and fighting for their lives, not like in a saw sense, but in a like, it, like home invasion type deal. Um, another one I really like is called Green Room. No. <laughs> um, uh, Green Room is another one I really like. Patrick Stewart plays a neo-Nazi and this, uh, this punk band gets yeah. stuck in their venue and it's essentially them in the Green Room and they're trying to find their way out. Um, and it's, it's a really good example of a movie where stupid mistakes get you killed. Uh, you know how people mm. are always like, oh, why did they do that? And sometimes they, they get through it. It's like this is very much the opposite of that where it's like they have to learn and be very careful and like plot things out because people get killed because they make stupid mistakes or they let certain things happen to them where they stop thinking about what they're doing. Um, very good. Mm. Um, you know, not it's not like gory gore. I mean, it's violent, but it's not like you're saying the like, kidneys aren't like falling all over the floor all the time or whatever. <laughs> so. Um, that's the kind of stuff I like where it's like Patrick Stewart is a, a guy that, you know, he's like, he wants these people dead and he's going to do whatever it takes to, yeah. to have that happen. That's the kind of stuff that gripping suspense that I prefer over something like saw or human centipede. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What kind of TV shows do you like to watch in particular? Like if like, are you like a sitcom kind of guy or do you like dramas? Uh, honestly, that's tough because i don't watch i mean i i used to watch quite a bit of tv when it was like netflix was first a thing and you're catching up on all these shows you never really got the opportunity to watch in the past but i've really reached this point where i don't spend a lot of time watching tv and so i'm the same way i don't don't spend a lot of time watching tv either i don't have like a a favorite thing necessarily right it's kind of all over the place anything new that comes out I don't really care to watch either. Yeah, there's some stuff I have, but a lot of the time I get bored after a couple episodes. Like, I think I might have talked about Sweet Tooth a couple weeks ago. It was like mm-hmm. one of the first things I've watched in a while that I've been able to get through the whole thing and really enjoyed it and was like, wow, I actually can't wait to see what they do next. Um, the only other thing that would probably fall into that category is The Expanse, which is kind of a mm. semi-near future sci-fi show about people who live... Right within our solar system and sort of the struggles like class warfare and the struggles that they go through. It's handled really well. Um, it's always one I yeah. recommend to people. Watch one, the first episode of that one. Yeah. Uh, it's very like, it's got that like Battlestar Galactica vibe to it. Um, it's just, it's, it's about, it's in space, but it's about humanity really. And the struggles right. that people go through. So anyway, yeah, fear street was, eh. I'm going to watch the other two because the second one seems to be a bit of an homage to more of those like 70 slashers because it's it's based at a camp um but i'm not i'm not holding out hope that it's going to be good um i should look into the people who were involved with this because to be honest it felt like the the director didn't know what they were doing like they'd never seen anything from the 90s they were go they were like well we'll just kind of put them in some clothes that people wore during that time period and throw a bunch of music in and no one'll think any differently about this being set in the 90s but after the the first like 10 minutes of the movie it's not even apparent that it's set in the 90s like you don't even think about it it just looks like a bunch of high school kids who are in a horror movie um there's tons dude there's tons of plot holes people make unbelievably stupid mistakes for no reason. Like they make stupid decisions for no reason. Um, 
And it's one of those things where like they keep doing this thing. And I hate to say this. So the the main character, she's sort of a ambiguous, um, like racially ambiguous. Um, mm-hmm. And she's also gay. And she's also not likable. And this is something that happens a lot where they think like what and it's I think you kind of mentioned this before. It's like, you know, they they're doing this thing where through their eyes, what they're making is a a character who is similar to a male character, but just race swapped. And she also is gay, but yeah. she's such a jerk to everyone. And she's literally the reason that uh, all her friends are getting killed. Like it's her fault. And she has, like, no remorse for, like, anything that's going on. She thinks everyone's out to get her. It's just one of those things that's, like, oh, my. Like, it, she's just not likable. Yeah. At all. And you're, like, I, and through the whole, there's, so I'm just going to spoil a little bit of it. So um, her, like, love interest or whatever, this other girl, um, is the is the cause of, the, or, like, get, is cursed by this, like, witch that curses the town. <laughs> yeah. And, um... <laughs> At the end of the movie, uh, the girl gets this her like girlfriend or whatever gets possessed um, by the witch and stabs this other girl in the gut. And I went, thank God. I was like, she's finally done. But then, of course, she survives. <laughs> and so that, you know, I, I listen, I don't recommend it. I, you know, I I've seen I've I tried to stay away from the comments because there are people I don't even know if these comments are real, but like people are like, oh, I really liked it. It's going to be a classic in like 10 years. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's going to be just more bargain bin garbage that Netflix puts out. In peace, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, pretty thing. Or, oh, it it did these things. Therefore, I like it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Oh. Um, Anyway, we can move on. We got a couple more topics. Uh, I actually have a clip that I want to play. But I guess I'll let me. Yeah. So. I think you sent this to me. You might have been the first person who put this on my radar. Um, Facebook has been sending out uh, a what would you call it? Like a a warning. Facebook extremist warning. Yeah. So they recently have been. I, I checked. Threat. I actually checked my Facebook, uh, and I'm a little disappointed that they didn't send me one. Uh, but I don't use my Facebook enough, so I think that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna let. Uh, uh, the clip sort of explain what was what was going on or whatever, but uh, this is just more garbage from social media trying to make a big deal uh, out of something that isn't really there. I think uh, it it goes back to that like dimension A and dimension B thing where it's like who who are you talking about, you know? And then it's um, people have been asking the question. It's like, are they sending this to me because they think I'm the extremist, or are they sending this to me because of someone that I'm watching that they think is an extremist? Therefore, they've been watching those people. Um, so we're gonna let me play this clip, and we'll um, we'll we'll get into it. Oh, that's not what I wanted. Ooh. Hang on. I yawn all the freaking time. Is this it? This must be it. There we go. Uh, yeah. All right. Strange and concerning messages from Facebook warning them that they have been exposed to, quote, harmful 
extremists. I'm not kidding you. I got this message, as you can see here on my phone, and the message reads very clearly saying, quote, Luke, you may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups tried to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You can take action now to protect yourself and others. Get support from experts spot the signs, understand the dangers of extremism, and hear from people who escaped violent groups. Get support. The social media app that is closely connected to intelligence agencies and other ongoing government operations also asked users if they know someone who's, quote, becoming an extremist. This is also happening as many people described Facebook creating an Orwellian environment that at the same time is, quote, arbitrarily silencing and banning people for saying something that the thought police don't like. Now you add this on top of this very vague generalized pop-up that came up makes you really wonder what the people at Facebook are thinking when you did click on the link you didn't get an explanation of exactly what you should be looking out for what groups what person what individual you should be careful of there was no direct examples the link took you to a website that's called lifeafterhate.org. Many news organizations have inquired what is determined as harmful and extremist. Facebook has yet officially responded to those direct inquiries, which in part is also creating a chilling effect for a lot of people that Facebook already arbitrarily punishes for expressing political opinions, legal political opinions that some of their moderators dislike at certain times. Facebook definitely has selective judgment when it comes to a lot of its policies that they have implemented before, especially when it comes to destroying speech. Now, the organization that Facebook linked many people to, what's their past, what's their history, who's on their board? Well, I still haven't had time to do the adequate amount of research to provide an informed opinion on this organization or what they do. But by and large, what Facebook is doing here definitely is a troubling sign to many people, especially in our current modern day political climate where people are getting canceled, prosecuted, demonetized, and deleted for expressing the wrong political opinions that are absolutely legal. The Babylon Bee had a very interesting take on this with their fake satirical headline that read, quote, Facebook warns anyone attending 4th of July fireworks that they may have been exposed to extremist activity. And I, I had to leave that last part in. I thought that was hilarious. Good old Babylon Dude, B. Babylon B is great. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they started out like just really nailing Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Like Joel Osteen and Clef Dollar, and then even like reform circles too, just yep. like picking on everyone. And then they just up their ante to they um new. their early stuff. So they got got the guy like sold the company, and when they resold it, the guy was doing a lot of like pro Trump stuff. And I was kind of like, oh, I was like, really? Is like this is what this is becoming? Um, but I think they kind of learned over a few years, yeah. and they were like, oh, people like when we when you go after everyone it's like it's not really yeah. about like our political opinion and, and the candidate maybe that we like more but being able to kind of spread it out and they they really started doing that and it's it's hit new levels too with now that like trump's out of office or whatever um you get you get some pretty some some pretty good ones from them um not always i think occasionally i'll see one i'm like that's not really funny but when you're putting that much out nah, yeah, it's hard to, yeah it's hard to hit the nail uh every single time so but yeah, so 
I don't know. What do you think about all of this? Like this stuff going on with Facebook? I mean, it, it's troubling, right? I think, I think the problem is, is, um, man, it's hard to say just one thing, right? And act like I know all the answers. I don't know all the answers and right. all the problems, but one of them is just being, uh, is very much Silicon Valley is slanted to the left one way. Right. And it's very much pro establishment left more than slanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Way more than slanted It's very much yeah, yeah, yeah. the established road is the left and pro establishment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and this is the thing that I don't understand is I think this is a great opportunity. What's going on where the Republican party, the pro primary problem with the Republican party, the fact that they don't conserve anything, right. Is that they don't go on the offensive. They're always playing defensive and the left is really good about going on the offensive. Like, for example, I found out that, that, uh, was it the Colorado company that wouldn't make a, uh, gay cake, whatever saying on the gay cake. Yeah. Uh, um, not trying to insult anyone. I just, that's just the whole thing. Uh, and the Supreme court ruled, no, you can't force them to put a saying on the cake, but, um, and so ruled in favor of them. Well, now they're being sued again, uh, by a transgender couple. Oh my gosh, um, dude. And I so it's, it's not, it's not about the outcome. It's, it's like, it's, it's, I, I, I was to listening a to a legal right? expert. Sorry, the, I, maybe that's process. what you were getting to. Sorry, I might have gotten ahead of yes. myself. No, you're fine. It's the process that's meant to break people down and stop them from for just basically giving up, right? And mm -hmm. so a legal expert pointed this out this past week that I was listening to and saying that uh, you know the Supreme Court recent 9-0 decision, I forget on what it was about, it's a very narrow interpretation. Mm -hmm. And so this is the perfect opportunity for Republicans to play the offensive and do something about it, but they're not. And so because they're not now the Democrats can come along and play the offensive and put it to, to go this way to where, uh, it's all, everything that was just done is reversed. And so, um, I think that's the, the problem is that we need, whether it's Republicans, libertarians or Democrats, people to go on the defensive. I mean, the offensive, uh, who, have a sound ideology based on freedom and responsibility and a decentralization, allowing people mm -hmm. to incur responsibility on themselves. You know what right? I think? And so I think that's where you get these extremist views is, is that right. it's not that well, is, we going. talked about in episodes earlier, right to where it's okay. They push the KKK. Like if you, if you're standing on uh, an embankment and there's water, eroding it right and closest to the embankment would be the the far right mm -hmm. and then you have someone who's a little bit behind them some and eventually get to moderates right and that's where you eventually get to the point that's what we're getting to to where these now moderates closer to that side are being seen as uh far right extremists and, and, and that's not true at all so yeah well i think because you had sent me what are your thoughts well you had sent me a story on i i, I think that when they say extremists, they basically mean anybody that disagrees with them. Yeah, because I that's think a, you're right. Uh, definitely what they mean. I think your your analogy of the um, 
of the eroding away of the like the waves coming up and like okay well it's not really about the kkk anymore it's actually about um like you could say something like the proud boys right and then okay they've been washed away now it's like regular republicans okay and then they've been washed away and it's like okay libertarians and then they've well that's a little bit different because I, I, you know, it's like, I like the, we use these analogies about water and stuff all the time, but it's like libertarians are now kind of, they're building up their own sort of like boat and they're really trying to do something different. And so, Mm -hmm. and the reason I say all this is that you sent me an article about, um, the teachers unions sort of like going in and wanting to put CRT in like everything. Yeah. And I think, and, and it's people, officially, I, this is the thing that I don't, and again, it kind of goes back to a similar thing. Like we were talking about with firearms before and people not wanting to take responsibility for their own lives. Um, mm-hmm. everyone's like, Oh, we have to stop them from doing these things in the public schools. It's like, no, you need to get out of the public schools and more than likely yep. you need to get out of a lot of the private schools too. It's like, you, you've yep. got to start communities of homeschools with people who have similar values as you. That's like the idea of decentralizing it because you're not going to win. You're not going to win a one-on-one in these fights because people have given up the territory for too long. And I don't even actually hate the idea of private schools or charter schools because you're typically, at least in private schools, you're paying a tuition so you don't have to do that. So you can just pull your kid right out and go to homeschooling or wherever you want. Like I'm for that. Uh, And, you're exactly right. Continue I know your thoughts. Sorry. No, it's cool. And I know it's, it's cause it's not a perfect solution. Right. Because the first thing that I always think about mm-hmm. with all this stuff is like, well, what about people who can't afford to do that? Right. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, that's where community comes in. It's where you need to, mm-hmm. to f- be able to find a good, good group of people who are willing to come alongside. And like, if there's a homeschool group, maybe you can't afford um, some of the costs. And, but maybe there are people within that group that are, are willing to be like, you know what? You're one of ours. Like we're going to take care of this. It's like your kid's going to get educated. Yeah. This is going to, it's going to get taken care of. And that's what happens sometimes in communities is that people have to take a little bit more of the burden on some things. And maybe that is repaid in other ways. Um, that's the direction I desperately want to see a lot of things go where it, yep. it's less centralized education. Um, you know, I, I've, it's we've talked about this a little bit before in the past, but it's again, it's one of the reasons why I'm trying to learn a lot about the stock market and find different ways to be able to um, live more free, if you will, because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, one of Freedom. these, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to send my kids to public school. Um, and I would rather them be able to learn about reality and about the way things really are than get, have all this political ideology, like this ideology that's like garbage and, and, you know, potentially wants to treat them like crap for something that they were never involved in. Um, it's unbelievable, dude, I'm telling you, it is unbelievable nowadays that it's hard to have a conversation with someone and be like, and if you say, well, I never owned slaves, right? Like you could be considered an extremist that could be considered an extremist opinion nowadays crazy right because i was born in a different time and i was told that you should treat people uh no matter what they look like with respect and that your actions should speak louder than your words generally yep and somehow i'm an awful racist human being who has white fragility because 
I never owned slaves and am annoyed by uh, stupid arguments. Because that's what it is. Pretty much. They, and, and that's the thing is they all people always try to overcomplicate a lot of these things that are going on with CRT, right? Um, They're and, trying or, to replace this. I'm sorry. I wanted to say this. You're good. It, it's so funny because I remember seeing this discussion between people we know and uh, on uh, Instagram and uh, people were posting why uh, MAGA stuff and, and those conservatives are way more dangerous than within the SBC and within Christianity and within America rather than the left and CRT. And uh, I'm like, uh, who has controls of the major institutions? Yeah, it's not MAGA. Definitely not MAGA. I, I don't definitely CRT people, proponents for CRT. And it really, I mean, you know, you could have made the argument, you know, back when uh, Trump was in office that you could say MAGA then, right? You possibly could. But even then, it was Still a lot of people involved in major institutions and schools and everything like that was, were the far left. I mean, you think about it. In, in college, it's far left. And, mm -hmm. and Hollywood is far left. And in in, in every entertainment industry, it's far left. And the school system, it's far left. And the government, it's pretty much left-leaning. Yep. And... I mean, especially now, but definitely even when Trump was in office, that's what people don't understand. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's just ridiculous. There are a lot of disingenuous arguments that go on or a lot because <laughs> people post that stuff. One, because if you try to respond to it, they can just ignore you. They can block you, do whatever. So that's not yeah. a good route. Um, and a lot of people probably are living in uh, circles of people that, agree with them so their their mm -hmm. bias towards something exactly. is constantly getting um what's the term uh ooh, sorry uh it's it, they're constantly getting affirmed like their biases are getting affirmed yeah. by the people around them because they uh they all believe the exact same things they watch the same yep. things they there listen is a, to the same things i will shout her out mariah even though her and i disagree uh mariah hibbard yeah on uh uh, politically about things, she's uh, one of the few people I can have a genuine conversation with and just talk, and we could just discuss. And it's not an argument. Right. She's not getting heated. I'm not getting heated. Stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, well, I think you're slightly thing seeing things wrong here, and she's, you know, well, I think you know this, this, and that, and everything. So it's good. Like those kind of conversations are rare to come by. Yeah, and uh, most of the time, and and we've talked about this in the past, and it just bugs me because people hide their hands. Like they'll try to throw punches mm -hmm. or they'll make straw men. I, you, you see this all the time where, and I've actually started to notice this in certain pastors preaching. Um, they like create these straw mans to make an argument, but it's like, who are you talking about? You know, it's one thing to be like, well, I had a I had an actual conversation with someone the other day and this is kind of how it went rather than kind of making up an argument for someone who doesn't exist in order to make your point, which is essentially what straw manning is. You know, right. it's like everyone says this thing or, you know, MAGA people say this or even like liberals say this. And you're like, who are you talking about? 
And I was like, I've never heard right. of it. Like, I think it's 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 easy to overgeneralize instead of being like, I was I, I had talked to someone at one point or I heard mm-hmm. someone say this. Well, you know, even if you have to be general because you don't want to single anyone out, right? And in um, some and maybe you, in in certain circle circumstances, you have to say, look, I'm I, I I have to keep the identity a secret because this was somewhat of a private conversation, but the idea behind it being real um because a lot of the time it just when people do that it just sounds like they're making it up like oh that 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 didn't happen or whatever and um what's funny is you see this happen a lot in christian circles because i think a lot of these people still hold on to this like uh we're not we don't want to gossip and so if we just don't say the name of the person but we call out everything that they we think they're doing and throwing all these accusations at them then it's not really gossip and i'm like hmm like you, Still gossip. Yeah, you you might not you might not have a good uh, argument there for that, but that's what it, yeah. that's the way it always comes off to me because there's always this like oh well like I, I don't want to talk about the situation or whatever because it might be gossip and it's like well are you doing this out of spite of someone or or is this genuine mm. concern for an issue and you need to be able to talk this through with someone else like that's always the biggest thing is like your intention behind what you're doing um, right and we used to deal with, I think like we used to deal with that in college all the time. Um, cause sometimes it's just like, Boy, man, did we. things are, things are tough and I need to be able to talk to someone about this, but you do want to be careful about that. And it, it's kind of about who you can trust and who's not going to go out and start spreading rumors and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As well, so. And not judge the other person's character and like, you know, them and stuff like that to the core. Right. Yeah. So, all right. We got uh, a couple more things to get through. I think I'm actually going to save some of this for next week. Um, but I do want to talk about old Joe. You know, I don't think we can go an episode with yeah. uh, now talking about El Presidente. Um, dude, really, man, did you hear go ahead. what his uh, ice cream he was eating this past weekend? Oh, did he have two scoops? He had he, two scoops. Did he get berated? chocolate chip ice cream. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Really cutting edge journalism, yeah. bro. So they I remember those questions. They asked uh, <laughs> same questions they asked Trump, man. Like they're definitely throwing, you know, like when they easy ber- stuff at Trump like that. Yeah, like when they berated him for getting two scoops of ice cream. It was like one of the first things that happened yeah. when he was in office. It was like all oh Trump gets two scoops. And I don't know if it was supposed to be like Instead look how one. yeah like look how fat he is or whatever. It's like oh man. it it's so funny. It's like the same kind of journalism, but it doesn't have like the aggressive spin on it. So it's like, buy, yeah. buy Neat's ice cream, right? And then, Trump eats ice cream. We got two scoops. Oh, how could he do this? Like, there are people who can't even He's afford an extremist. one scoop. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> he um, bought his chocolate chips from a white-owned company and not a black-owned. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just anything and everything, man. I have, okay, Except so, for when he blew up, when he blew up uh, Syria. So, the, the White House... Strikes, so. oh, yeah, uh, they all they love that he they all of a sudden news stores was like Trump finally acts presidential. Yeah, he finally blew up some children. Good on him. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the White House put out a tweet on July first, and it said planning a cookout this year. Catch up on. Oh God. Uh I didn't even notice that pun the first time I read this. It says, catch up on the news. According to the Farm Bureau, the cost of 4th of July barbecue is down from last year. It's a fact. You must 
must heard. Oh my god. (laughs) This is horrible. Um, hot dog. The Biden economic plan is working. Uh, the first rule is if someone in a position of authority is telling you something is working, it's probably not working. Uh, Biden's (laughs) economic plan is working and that's something we can all relish. I wonder if Andrew Wells wrote this. (laughs) I don't know. They probably with all the, his, uh, uh, joking over there. Oh, dude, this is so bad. Anyway, oh, so it's just a little gif that runs through the prices for some different items like baked beans, potato chips, vanilla ice cream, cheese, ground beef, and lemonade. I think lemonade. Yeah. And um, all in total, if you had gotten these exact items for your 4th of July celebration, you would have saved 16 cents. Which is totally disingenuous. Yes. So <laughs> that's that's so insulting, dude. Are they're that dumb in his administration? They're that dumb. Yeah. They're that dumb, dude. I don't know. Like, how this this is through. Joe Biden. Hang on, wait, David, David, a second. And listen. Okay. I'm Joe listening. Biden who has dementia uh-huh. or co- cognitive decline, let's say that. <laughs> is the president of the United States of freaking America getting stories about with cameras everywhere. What flavor ice cream do you like, Joe? Oh yeah. Here's your flashcards for Putin. Oh yeah. Here's your will to let you know what sounds the farm animals make. Like all that stuff. And then his administration, all of them, morons yeah i don't know what they're doing over there this <laughs> after he uh he, Come ba- on. After he basically told everyone that they could never overthrow the government because he would just nuke them <laughs> and that like got no mainstream, go, no mainstream attention from any of the uh like the more pro basically everybody but fox news and i don't even watch fox news so i don't know exactly how they handle yeah, that same. but um. Oh man. Yeah, it's really bad. Jim and Trump so said that. Here's the Trump deal. He's gonna nuke America. So great. We saved 16 cents allegedly. I mean, it's 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 bull anyway uh-huh. because, um, you know, half of the stuff on that list, like we didn't even have at our our Fourth of July meal, right? So it's dumb to think that anyway. Um, and I'll I've got one clip for this that I want to play real quick. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about some of the other reasons that this is really disingenuous and really not looking at the current economic situation. Um, so here yeah. is the clip. Do it, baby. Oh, dang it. I mute these so they don't play when I pull them up. And... Uh, Drivers will see higher gas prices for the holiday than we've seen in years. It's almost three dollars now, so you know I don't know who can afford it if you're not rich. The national average has risen to three dollars and ten cents per gallon. That's up more than 42 percent from last year, when the pandemic was keeping many people home and prices down. But today, as more people are driving, these are the highest prices since 2014. The biggest increases this week in Utah, Indiana, and Oregon. 
We probably won't see sizable relief in gas prices until after summer. A record 43.6 million Americans are expected to hit the road for the 4th of July weekend, meaning more traffic and more stops at the pump. Watch for those state lines. That's where you tend to see prices either shoot up or plummet 20 to 40 cents. So I just wanted to play that because I think it gives a nice contrast to uh, the White House's tweet. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, and go ahead. Uh, here's the thing. The price of that is all due to the government. All due to the freaking government. Yep. The, uh, the uh, gas stations don't make that much money off of uh, the gasoline. They make most of their money off of the concessions inside. Um, and so, I mean, I, I want to say, if I remember last time, it's like above 75% of the gas is taxed it's not surprising it's all taxed <laughs> it's something and so i mean hey anybody looking for a job the oil field's booming now mm. uh or you know it's going on up the one that's still with, open uh, <laughs> yeah right all these oil prices but um i mean that's the thing that if that's why i'm glad i have a job yeah. To where my comp I have a company truck and my company pays for my fuel because that's a lot of freaking money. I mean, I just filled up. I just filled up um, uh, our Jeep Grand Cherokee last week, and I think it was like sixty-five, seventy mm -hmm. bucks for me to fill that thing up. And mm -hmm. uh, when I was filling it up last year, before you know everything happened, right when the economy was good, before COVID and all that stuff. Uh, it was 30, 35 bucks, half of what I'm paying now. So yeah. you see just like, even with the, even when the, uh, oil field was booming and the, the, uh, the price for the barrels were up, I was still paying 30, 35 bucks to fill up the, the Jeep. Mm -hmm. It wasn't much at all. Yeah. I mean, 42%, like average, I think is what they were going at is about 42% up from this time last year. And we would literally have I a think surplus. In California it's like four bucks. It's five. I saw, I saw five in I think LA, I mean, obviously it's different because California is so big, but I think five, yeah. $5 a gallon. Um, if not, it Hang might, on, might be David. Now. Who do you think that's hurting the worst? You think that's hurting, uh, the rich people the most in California? Yeah, in California and just yeah. everywhere. The man in that clip said it was hurting poor people. <laughs> also, he was black, so he has who to be right, right? thunk it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who would have thunk it? I mean, exactly. I mean, these... And, and it's... Trump showed... Well... It's not complicated. And Biden just gave... What people don't understand is Biden just gave Russia or, or Germany... Uh, uh, to allow Russia to make their pipeline through Germany for the natural gas or whatnot, or through wherever uh, that um, new Russian pipeline for Russia to get gas from Germany and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just people need to pay attention, not only to what these politicians say, all of them, Trump and stuff and Biden between them, but then also watch what they're more so what they do. So it's true. And, um, you know, it's it's not just the gas prices that are hurting people. You know, they're working on a lot of this electric car stuff. It's like, how how are you going to, ex like, get someone mm -hmm. who wants to buy a clunker, which is really hard to do now. Buying a, any kind of used car is difficult now because of the way that the economy is going. And, um, you know, there's not, there's never really been, and there's not now, 
any good options for people who, you know, maybe they need to buy a car for like $10,000, right? Maybe they need something yeah. to get through for the next couple of years because they're trying to pay down debt and something went bad with their car and now they need a new one. And their options are basically either complete pieces of crap or a twenty or $30,000 car. And, yep. and when you're when when something like goes wrong and you have to drop and, and you now have like a payment plan for this car or whatever, it can really hurt people. And dude, th- dude this that's what I tell people don't do these eight year car loans, man. Don't no. do do not do it. If you have to do a car loan, don't do one longer than four years. Yep. Four years at the max. That's what I've heard from banking professionals. Um, and uh, I think it's right on the spot. I mean, get if you have to do what you got to do that's fine but and i'm just telling you like you have you know what you just said the car market uh, housing market mm-hmm. houses going up mm-hmm. every gas going up everything is going up and and poor people and even middle class people uh cannot afford to buy new vehicles or especially like a new electric car vehicle and i think what people don't understand is like just because someone's in the middle class doesn't mean that they're not on the verge of uh being poor no, it's, it's a like very, some like people it's a very big get, group. <laughs> just get the yeah, it's people get just get into the middle class. Now they're trying to pay off debt and better, but it's like they're bombarded by the government through taxes oh. and other things, yeah. and it's just yeah, it, dude, it's it sucks. Yeah. And again, it just it goes back to this thing where everything they do comes off disingenuous. And we're gonna talk specifically. That's I think it's something people kind of have to understand when we go through this stuff. I try not to do a, well, what about this past president when certain things go on? Like we'll mention mm-hmm. things like Obama's droning policies and other things like that because they're they're relevant. But I, I, I don't like the idea that I'll criticize Biden for like, well, he's completely disingenuous in the way that he's handling that or like this tweet was sent out because gas prices are up, lumber is up. Uh, the housing market is in this enormous bubble that's going to end up hurting people really, really bad in the next couple of years if it's headed in the direction a lot of people think that it is. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of other. What, what do they think it's headed in? Oh, so it's. It, what it, are they? Oh, they think it's good. The, the market's going to crash and you're going to have a lot of people who are stuck with these houses that they bought way over asking price. Um they're going to end up yep. uh, defaulting on uh, loans or whatever the case may be because interest rates are going to go through the roof. Um, it's it's yep. scary. It's really scary stuff, dude. Um, We've been in this bubble for a long time. That's what people time. don't realize. That's, that's why I was telling a friend, like, man, I just don't know if I'd be buying a house right now. Mm-hmm. Not for these prices, right? Like, it'd be one thing if you're buying them in, in like, Georgia. I know of a, of a place. I know... Uh, places there where you can get houses for a hundred thousand dollars under, you know, under 150 yeah. and you're getting a three, four five bedroom house. That's different. Right. Right. Um, there are deals. Man, out I there wouldn't too, be spending, but... right. Yeah. I wouldn't be spending 300, 400, $500,000 or whatever. That's a really bad deal to where you're spending, you know, a hundred or $150,000 over the asking price or $50,000 over the asking price. Right. Yeah. That's, that's just me because uh, you don't want to be house poor and you don't want to be stuck in a place to where when it, if it does crash and what a lot of experts are predicting that it will crash um, to where now you you can't find anyone to get your home. You can't sell your home. All this stuff you're under, you know, 
Agreed. You don't have any equity in your home, like all that stuff. So, and, uh, and then you can th- thank good old Joe Biden. Yeah. And the Fed, because they just keep printing money and telling everyone that everything's okay. Yep. That it's not the inflate that, uh, the like inflation's not as bad as everyone thinks that it is or whatever. And it's just like, you know, the stuff that's happening in the economy seems to be telling me a different story, uh, based on houses. Like yeah. I, I heard a story about a house that was, it was on the market for about 300 K and someone bought it for 500, mm-hmm. actually 510. So they bought this house for, you know, 200 K over asking price and they might, you know, maybe they have the money to handle that. Right. But what happens when right. everything crashes and you're on the hook for that kind of money and maybe you have a really bad one. I mean, who knows if it'll be as bad as 2008 was, but you have this house you're everything's going well right now and you think that you can afford to do this because you really want to live in this area and then you lose your job and you can't afford it anymore mm-hmm. and then you default on it and then you're basically homeless or you're living in a house you can't afford and struggling to get by yep and that's the thing you don't that, want to be house broke and that's mm-hmm. the thing and people go, don't want uh, it's, it's about delayed gratification it, it's a lot of things all the things that we've mentioned also sure. Have delayed gratification, have some patience, and put yourself in a good position. Think, you know, big picture and small picture. Put them both into practice. You don't have to have everything that you want now. It's okay to, you know, have a compromise with yourself to where you're not struggling financially because the the perfect house you want, the perfect car you want, this or that, these materialistic things that you want, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. Maybe that's because I grew up poor. It's um, Yeah. And so I, I have found content and con- contentment has been found, hey, first off, primarily in Christ, but then through that community, those who I'm around, mm-hmm. family and friends and stuff, not so much in things. Yeah. I mean, you can buy all the stuff in the world that you want, but it all rots away. It all gets old. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not to say that, you know, there aren't these things that can bring you some sort of sense of joy or happiness or it, you know, can make your life easier. It's, but, but, but it's about putting it in their proper place. Right. Um, right. And knowing that this ultimately, if you just keep spending money on things and you get into debt or you just, you know, even if you can afford like a lot of things, ultimately it's like, there's just not a lot of enjoyment that comes out of that after a while. There's only so much that, you know, buying a giant TV or buying a Ferrari or buying, um, like everything for your kids is going to be able to do, you know? Yep. It's like you could get, you could treat your kids perfectly and give them all the toys and everything that they've ever wanted. And they could still all turn out to be terrible people. Right. Yep. It doesn't, the money isn't the thing that ultimately makes life worth living, you know? Right. Um, now be wise with your money. Sure. Like get out of debt and invest and, and be able to have things so you can live comfortably and do things that you enjoy and have things that you like by all means and be a giving person primarily too. But for sure, I mean, don't put yourself or your family in a terrible situation from one purchase. I mean, there's things I wish I could go back and be like, yeah, nope, I'm not going to do that because Same. I see how difficult it is to pay off. Yeah. And I see what I've had to sacrifice in order to pay it off. Yep. Well, hey, man, I think that's probably a good place to close out for today. Um, we'll uh, we'll save the rest of these topics for next week so that we can look into them a little more. Let let the news sort of, uh, you know, marinate a little longer. See if uh, anything comes up about that stuff. So, um, 
anyway, thank you guys again for uh, for listening to the show. Don't forget that you can find us on all the social media uh, links that are listed in the show notes. Uh, follow us on all those locations. Send us an email if you have any questions or if there's a topic that you're kind of interested in and you want us to cover it. We'll see what we can do about that. Um, Joseph, do you have anything else to add? That is it, man. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you on next Monday. Yeah, Or yeah. Tuesday. I'm sorry. I'll see you on Monday. Yeah. So y'all will hear from us on Tuesday. On Tuesday. See you guys then. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what? Underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life. Cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject. Your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing. Not add up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward. Let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil. They annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons. Man. Politics ruin, or rather control your whole life, man. You're gonna be a miserable person, straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this, and it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. 